Cowboys last week. Uh, you know, and, and you didn't pray very good for the referee's eyeballs. Uh, they didn't see that that was a catch. I mean, I don't know, you know, but I, but I'm over it. I'm not bitter. Okay. So, it's, hey man, hey man, it's all right. Hey, I've got uh, a couple of things that I want you to be aware of. First off is uh, just like what Kurt said, Grand Zero and Power Kids are going amazing and uh, God's really moving in those ministries. But we have a ministry here in the church that's very vital and important and I need your help in it. And it's in the nursery. Uh, what we need is I need some new volunteers who'd be willing to help in the nursery. And nursery really matters. It's going on this morning, and we have good volunteers in the nursery, but we need some more. Now, if you already volunteer in a ministry at the church, I'm not talking to you. What I'd like to do is I'd like to encourage those of you that maybe you're not plugged in anywhere and you're not volunteering, if you could uh, talk to Vicki and get signed up. The thing is, if we can get several of us signed up, then it makes, the, it makes it about every four or six weeks. You don't have to do it all that often. But we need some help in that ministry. And so I want to make you aware of the need. Uh, let me give you Vicki's cell number. It's 685-1802. Isn't that correct? 685-1802. Now, I don't want any of the men in here writing down her number. Okay. I, I don't want her getting any calls. Okay. All right. Uh, so I, I give that out very, you know, very cautiously. So, but we do need help and I want to make you aware of the need. If you're not volunteering, uh, the nursery is a great place. And it, listen, every one of us make a difference and every ministry in this church makes a difference. We, us, we're making a difference in Tulia. We're making a difference in Swisher County. And I'm thankful for your giving. I'm thankful for your time. I'm thankful for your prayers. And that's the next thing I want to do before I preach is I'd like to pray. The Bible says that if you and I will agree in prayer, touching anything in prayer, that God will move. So I want to pray, and I want you to agree with me in prayer, and then we're going to look into the Scripture this morning. So if you would, join me right now. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And Father God, I want to lift up Tulia. I want to lift up Swisher County. I want to include Happy. I want to include Cress. I want to include Nazareth, Lord, the Demet area, and I want to include Silverton. Lord, I want to lift up West Texas. I want to lift up this area. And God, I pray your grace and your blessing on this area. Father, bless our homes and our families and our neighbors. Father God, I pray that the people in the communities we live and the people we work with, that their hearts would be turned toward you and they'd be hungry for you. Father God, that we, you'd give us opportunities to share the gospel with people that we're around. Father, I pray and thank you for rain and moisture as we move through winter and into springtime coming up, that we would have rain on our land as we plant crops and we harvest and we have cattle, and that your grace is on our business community. Father, I want to pray for our churches and our pastors. Father, we as a church, as a body of believers, lift up the other churches in our area and the other pastors and the other members, and we pray your grace on them, your comfort on them, your encouragement on them, and that, Lord, honestly, frankly, it would be hard to go to hell from West Texas because your grace would be on our churches and our pastors, and that we do the work of the kingdom together. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right, this morning, I'm going to start reading out of First Thessalonians chapter 4. I'm going to use the New Living Translation. We're talking about the coming king. We're talking about the return of Christ. If you remember last week, if you were here or you listened to it online, I talked about how Jesus told the disciples, I'm going to go away. 
I'm going to prepare a place for you. When I get everything ready, then I'm going to come back and I'm going to get you. And then you're going to be with me forever. And he said, you know the way. And then Thomas spoke up and said, Lord, I don't have any idea where you're going. And I don't know how to get there. He was a little perturbed, a little disturbed, if you will. Because he said, Lord, I don't know how to get where you're going. And Jesus told him very simply, Hey, Thomas, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. Now, here's what I want you to remember about last week, and it's this simple truth. If you stay close to Jesus, you will end up where he is. He will see to it that you do. I want to read to you this morning out of 1 Thessalonians. We just finished the Christmas season. What did we find out? Jesus promised that he would come, and he did. And he came as a baby. He came in a manger, and we know he died on the cross and rose from the dead for our sins and ascended into heaven. He also promised that he would come again. So we live in between the first coming and the second coming of Christ. Now, there's a little detail I want to explain to you that I want you to understand, if you will, about the timeline, and then I'm going to share some scripture with you. I believe Jesus came the first time. I believe he will come the second time. Before the second coming of Christ is the tribulation period. I believe Jesus is going to return for us, the church, all right, in the church world, it's called the rapture. That is not in the Bible, the word rapture, but what it means is to be caught away. And I'm going to show you in the scripture this morning where I believe Jesus is coming for us, the church. Then there will be a seven-year tribulation period. Then at the end of that tribulation period, Jesus will come back and he will land on the Mount of Olives and there'll be the battle of Armageddon and the thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ will begin and we'll be here on the earth with Jesus and we'll rule and reign with him for a thousand years. Then after that is all of eternity. So I want to read to you this morning in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, starting with, with verse 13. All right, Kurt, I'm having trouble with this. Would you look at it? The little thing in the middle won't go off. And then I'm going to read it to you off the screen while he messes with my iPad. Listen to what it says. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. How many of you have somebody that's died that you loved? You had a loved one that's passed away. Okay, Paul is addressing that issue. And here's what he says. He says, hey, church, I don't want you to be grieved. I don't want you to worry about what's happened to the people that you know that know Christ. I want you to understand that you can have hope and that you don't have to be grieved about them. Would you put up the next verse for me, please? For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. Thank you, Kurt. All right, now here's the thing I want you to see about this that's really important. My parents have passed away and my grandparents have passed away. And they knew Jesus as their Savior. And they are in heaven right now with God. And if Jesus were to come back today, he's going to bring them with them, with him. The key verse there, it says he will bring them back. All right, here's what I want you to understand. You're either in heaven or you're in hell. There's not any in-between place. There's not any kind of limbo. There's not any place that you will go except if you know Jesus, you go to heaven. If you don't know Jesus, you go to hell. There's no such thing as grave sleep. People are not trapped in their graves. I can't think of anything any more horrible than being trapped in a dead body in the ground waiting for Jesus to come back. My family and your family that love Jesus are in heaven right now with him. And if he chose to come back today, the scripture scripture I just read to you says that he will bring them with him. Now, let me address one issue before I move on. 
If you have somebody in your life and you wonder about their salvation, maybe you have somebody that's passed away and you think, well, I, I don't know if they were a Christian. I don't know if they know Christ. Here's what I want you to not do. I don't want you be t- to be tormented by that. And I want you to put them into God's hands and I want you to trust God. Okay, listen, you and I don't decide who goes to heaven and hell. We don't. Now, I believe the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ and knowing him as as your Savior. But if you have someone that you think, well, I don't know if they were a Christian, please do not be tormented by that. Put that person into God's hands. And listen, you can trust God, okay? Don't allow the enemy to try to tell you, well, that person didn't make it or this person didn't make it. Because listen, we don't know if a person received Christ or not. And you may have somebody, and so I don't want you to be tormented by that. But the people that you do know, see, I know my parents were Christians. I know my grandparents were Christians. And Jesus said when he comes back that they will come with him. Now, let me continue to read. Let me start again. Let me read to you verse 14. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. Who's this from? It's from the Lord. Yeah, it's not from Rusty. It's from the Lord. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. Are you living this morning? Now, some of you don't look too sure. Yeah, okay, look, look at your neighbor and see if they're alive, okay? All right, what does it say? It says, we who are living and remain will, when the Lord returns, will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, that could be Michael or Gabriel, it doesn't say, with the trumpet of God. All right, Jesus is going to appear in the sky. The scripture says there'll be a shout and there'll be a trumpet blown by an archangel. All right, listen to what happens next. The voice of the archangel with the trump of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. Now listen to me very carefully. It just explains. Doesn't it explain that very simply and powerfully? Jesus is coming for us. We live in between those two events. Jesus will not touch the earth. It doesn't say he touches the earth. It says that he will appear in the sky. An angel will shout and blow a trumpet, and you'll hear it. And no matter where you are, what you're doing, if you're taking a nap, if you're at work, it doesn't matter where you are, you'll hear it. My parents and my grandparents and my loved ones who've gone on before me are going to come back with him, and they will be resurrected out of the grave. Everybody who's died... Everybody who's died that knew Jesus as their Savior will be resurrected. If they died in the ocean, if they were buried in a casket, if they were eaten by a wild animal, if they're buried in the dirt, it doesn't matter if it was yesterday or if it was 2,000 years ago, they will be resurrected out of the ground. Now, I think about the guy driving the tractor who digs the graves at the cemetery. Don't you know that'll be an exciting day for him when he's at work? And I believe he'll go. I mean, he'll be a Christian, Amen. Uh, it's going to be wild, isn't it? They're going to come up out of the ground, and it says they'll be supernaturally resurrected. Now listen to it. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Now, I believe this is the biblical description of the rapture. The second coming of Jesus, he lands on the Mount of Olives. 
Uh, and that's at the end and the beginning of the battle of Armageddon and then the beginning of the millennial reign of Christ. My parents, your loved ones, my grandparents are going to come back with Jesus because they're in heaven right now. They're not anywhere else. They're going to supernaturally get resurrected bodies. And the scripture says, I'm going to read it to you in just a minute. My body will be transformed from mortality to immortality instantly. The King James says in the twinkling of an eye, which is the smallest measure of time there is. And then we will leave the earth. We will meet the Lord in the air. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? All right. First off, we're going to fly. You're going to leave the earth, and you're going to meet the Lord in the air, and my mom and dad are going to be coming down. We're going to be going up, and Jesus is going to be there, and it says we will be with him forever. Now, I, don't, now I hadn't seen my dad in 40 years. I don't know if I'm going to hug him midair. I don't know if I'm going to high-five him while we're flying. I don't know exactly what, you know, I don't know what it's going to be like exactly, or if I won't hug him till we get to heaven, and, and we land, and we're there, but I, I cannot wait for that moment. Is that not, and I'm not making this stuff up. This is better than Peter Pan. I mean, isn't this crazy? I mean, I mean, you read this in the Bible and you think, what in the world? Listen to it. Then we'll, we will be with the Lord forever. Now, verse 13, 18, don't miss this. So encourage each other with these words. Now, here's what I want you to see this morning. I want you to be encouraged. The King James says that you would be comforted. Okay, here's what I want you to know. You and I are on the winning team. I know every one of you have tests and trials. I have tests and trials. We all do. And many of you have heartache and hurt and things going on in your life. But here's what I want you to know. When it's all finished, when it's all said and done, we're going to be with Jesus. We're going to be in the kingdom. We're going to be sons and daughters. And it's going to be absolutely wonderful. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And that is supposed to give you hope. And that is supposed to be used by us to encourage one another. Are you with me? It's not supposed to scare you. It's not supposed to freak you out. It's not supposed to make you think, well, I wonder what's going to happen because Jesus said for you to be comforted by these words. Now, I want to go to another scripture. I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I want to start reading with verse 51. New Living Translation. Listen to what it says. It says, but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. How many of you like secrets? Now, secrets can get you in trouble, can't they, right? Listen, don't tell me a secret ever. Don't tell Kurt a secret ever, okay? Maybe he's a better secret keeper than me. I'm I'm terrible at it, so don't tell me anything, okay? He says, I want to reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment In the blink of an eye, the King James says, the twinkling of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died, the same story, just a different place in the Bible, but the same story, those who have died will be raised to life forever, and we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Listen, the Bible says the flesh cannot inherit the kingdom of God. All right, do you know what my body is doing? Decaying. Decaying, just like yours is. Now, your body might be 23 or 24, and you think, no, my body's not decaying. It's just decaying slower. But as we go through time, what happens to our bodies? They begin to decay. Listen, I wash it. I bathe it. I used to comb it. Okay? I stuff broccoli down it. 
I stuff lettuce down it. I do everything they tell me to do. I get up. I went and walked this morning. You know why? I'm fighting decay. I read, I pray, I do everything I know to do. But you know what happens? This mortal body is decaying. But here's what's going to happen. Jesus is going to come for us and those of us that are alive and remain. Now, listen, two things are going to happen. I'm either going to go to heaven through the cemetery. Okay, what do you mean? Well, I'm going to die. All right, and that doesn't frighten me. I'm ready to pass from this life into the next. I may, not, I may not live to see Jesus come. I may die first. If I do, then I'm gonna go to heaven and I get to come back with him, with my mom and dad and my grandparents. And those of you that are still here, if you're here and it happens, then I'll just meet you in the air and we'll hang out together before going up, all right? So either way, it's a win-win situation, amen? But we're going to put on immortality, my body is going to be transformed instantly. My dad is going to get a supernatural resurrected body. My grandmother is going to get a supernatural resurrected body. My great-grandmother, who I knew as a little boy, Grandma Hankla, she lived in Delhart in Coldwater County, and she knew Jesus as her Savior. And I only knew her as an old woman. I never knew her as anything else. She's going to get a new resurrected body. And we're all going to hang out with Jesus and I want you to be comforted by these words. Now, let me continue to read and listen to what it says. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Now, I want to go to Matthew chapter 24, verse 37. Now, listen to me. Here's what I want you to understand. Jesus asked you and I to occupy till he comes. What does that mean? That means Jesus wants you and I to live our lives. He wants you to have children. He wants you to have grandchildren. He wants you to work. He wants you to go to college. He wants you to graduate. He wants you to live your life with Jesus as the center of your life, whether you're in your 20s or whether you're in your 60s, your 70s, or your 80s. Listen, this message is not to scare you. This message is to not make you think, well, there's no hope. No, there's nothing but hope, okay? There's nothing but hope. Does it mean I'm not supposed to do anything? No, it doesn't mean that at all. Listen to what the scripture says. Jesus himself is speaking in Matthew 24, 37. When the Son of Man returns, Jesus identified himself as the Son of Man. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Let me explain it to you. It's very simple and it's very powerful. What in the world does he mean? He means that they were living ordinary daily lives. Listen, the day that Noah and his family went into the ark, the day it started raining, Somebody got married, somebody had a baby, somebody got a promotion, somebody went to work. They weren't hiding out in the wilderness. They weren't afraid. They didn't think judgment was coming. They were living their ordinary, normal lives the day it started raining. They didn't know it was never going to stop raining until they were all dead. Now, let me give you a parallel between Jesus coming and Noah's day. All of the righteous, Noah and his family, went into the ark, and all the unrighteous were taken off the earth through death. 
when Jesus comes for us, all the righteous are going to be taken off the earth through the rapture, and all the unrighteous are going to be left on the earth. You see the parallel? Jesus is your ark. They went into the ark and they were safe. If you're in Jesus, you are safe. And Jesus said, when I go where I'm going, I'm going to take you with me. You're not going to get lost. You're not going to get left behind. And you're going to be where I am. It's going to be okay. And we're going to be together forever. Here's what I want you to see. You know what Jesus is asking you to do? Occupy. What does that mean, Pastor? That means go to work and work is unto the Lord. Be a husband, be a father, be a mother, be a grandmother, be a sister. Come to church, love Jesus, reach out to your friends and neighbors and live your normal everyday life. Listen, it's very popular right now. Oh, judgment's coming. Oh, judgment's coming. I had somebody in my office this week and they said, oh, judgment's coming. We better be getting ready. Folks, judgment came. It came 2,000 years ago, and the wrath of God was poured on Jesus, his only son, and God turned his back on him because of the sin, and that sin paid, that judgment paid the price for your sin. Are you with me? And you know what's going to happen the day that Jesus comes? You're going to get up and go to work. And you're going to be living your normal life. And you're going to be going through your routine. And if you work the night shift and you go to bed at 7 in the morning, you plop your pillow and you get in bed, you'll set up in bed. What was that? Boom, you'll be gone. You're not going to be hiding out somewhere with rice and beans. Man, judgment's coming. You got enough water? You got enough bullets? Come on, right? That's not in the scripture. All right, now let me continue to read. Listen to what it says. It says it's going to be like it was in Noah's day. Those days before the flood, they were having banquets. Been to a banquet lately? All right, they were having parties. Now, this is the right kind of party, right? You're, you're a party, but it's the right kind of party. Weddings. Anybody done a wedding lately? All right, I've got a bunch scheduled coming up. Okay, right up until the time Noah went into the boat. Listen, people didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. This is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Verse 40, two men will be working together in the field. That sounds like West Texas, doesn't it? One will be taken and the other left. Listen, this can't be anything but the rapture. Why? Because two guys are going to be stripping cotton. One's going to be working, doing one thing. One's going to be working, doing something else. And the believer is going to be caught away and the unbeliever is going to be left. It can't be anything but that. It's not the end of time because when Jesus comes back, everybody's going to know it. It's not going to be a surprise. And the person that's going to be left is going to say, I wonder how come that person didn't tell me the truth. I wonder why my coworker didn't share Christ with me. Listen to it. Let me continue to read. It says, the two women will be grinding flour at the mill. Ladies, aren't you glad you're not grinding flour this week? Thank God for the grocery store. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. One will be taken and the other left. This can't be anything else but the coming of Christ. Verse 42, so you too, you too must keep watch for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. What does that mean? All it means, it doesn't mean that I have a death wish. It doesn't mean I'm weird. It just means I live my life every day knowing that this place isn't my home and that my Savior's coming for me and I'm going to live my life today the way he wants me to. I'm going to do what he wants me to do and I'm going to enjoy my family and I'm going to love my neighbors and pray for them and reach out to them and go to work and do everything God's called me to do knowing that he's coming. Listen to the next sentence. Understand this. 
If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. What in the world does that mean? It's going to be a surprise. The second coming is not a surprise. What do you mean? Jesus, if Jesus comes for us today, the clock starts ticking, and seven years later, Jesus is going to land on the Mount of Olives on a white stallion, and you and I are going to be right there with him. They're going to count down the minutes and the hours. It's not going to be a surprise. This is a surprise. If somebody breaks in your house, they don't knock on the door. Hey, I'm here to break into your house. Can I, can I come in? No, you get your gun out, right? No, it says it's a surprise. Listen to it. It says he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. Verse 44, you also must be ready at the time, all the time for the Son of Man will come when least expected. Now listen to me. I want you to be encouraged. You and I are citizens of the kingdom of God, and we're going to live and rule and reign with Jesus forever. Our daddy owns the bat and ball, and we're on the right team. When I was a little boy, I played Little League Baseball, and my dad was the coach. And my parents lived in a little 900-square-foot house with two bedrooms and one bathroom. It was really small. And I wanted to play first base, but there was another kid better than me. And so my dad's trying to be a coach instead of a dad. Well, we went to bed one evening, and I'm laying in my bed, and my parents are one wall in between. I can hear everything they're doing. And I heard my mom say to my dad, Rusty is going to play first base if you're going to be married to me. I got promoted, man. Glory to God, I got promoted, right? Now, I know that's not good coaching. I know it's not good parenting, but mama had daddy, right? I mean, you know, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, right? I don't even remember who that kid was. I hope he goes to heaven. I get to see him. I'll say, I'm sorry, bro. I mean, just, you know. Now, now listen to me. I cleaned out my office yesterday at my home. I have an office at the house. And I have a little trophy, a little wooden trophy. And he used to have a little man on top that played baseball. But he long since has been broken off and lost, okay? But it's still that little wooden trophy. And we were the Ridgecrest pigeons. Now, while we weren't the Ridgecrest dragons, I will never know, okay? You know, the Ridgecrest devils, the Ridgecrest something, you know, but we were the pigeons of all things, okay? And, and, and that year, we got third place. Well, I have that little trophy on my credenza in my office, and I wouldn't take $10 million for it. It's one of my most prized possessions of my childhood because every time I look at it, I thank my mama for taking on daddy and getting me on first base. Amen? All right, now, now, now here's the point. Yeah, thank God for mama. Amen? Right? Now, she was mean other times. I'm not, don't get me wrong, okay? Here's the thing, all right? You and I are on the winning team. Okay, Jesus is our Lord and Savior, and I know we have hard times. I know we have tests and trials, but listen, Jesus is coming for you and I, and we're going to rule and reign with him, and we're going to be transformed in an instant from mortality to immortality, and the Scripture says for you and I to get busy about what we're doing every day, live your life, do what God's called you to do, do all the things that you know to do, but keep knowing that Jesus is coming for you and be encouraged in that. Amen? Be encouraged in it. All right, y'all stand up and let's pray. The Lord's good, amen? Amen. Father, I love you this morning. I'm thankful for the hope 
that we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for the hope, Jesus, that you're coming for us. You're not going to leave us behind. You've not abandoned us. You never have and you never will. Lord, we are encouraged with these words this morning. We're encouraged that you love us. We're encouraged that we're on the right team. We're encouraged that we're going to be with you where you are forever. Lord, I pray for every person in this service today that as we leave this building, we have a sense of hope and a sense of encouragement. And that no matter what we're facing, God, that we can face it knowing that you love us and care for us. This in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Y'all going to be blessed and y'all have a great rest of your weekend. I love you.